spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. Good evening, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with the International Women's Motorsports Association. And I'm here with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. And my friend Monica has joined us. Um, a funny story. I was in Daytona this year for the first time. And uh, I was in the media center and, and had walked into the restroom, actually. And Monica and I were both standing at the counter looking at ourselves in the mirror, trying to refresh because it was pretty warm there, uh, Monica, as I recall. And uh, I introduced myself because I recognized who she was. and and then uh, now come to find out we have a mutual friend that, that we've made. So it is a small world somewhat in the NASCAR family. And uh, I'm excited to have Monica with us this evening. So welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you so much. And don't they always say that women seem to congregate in the bathroom? We love to, to converse in there. That's, that's true. It's, it's kind of our little private area where we can talk, <laughs> where, where we know there's no men uh, listening in. For sure. Yeah, Daytona was hot and humid, and I think we were both looking in the mirror, dripping with sweat, like, well, there's nothing we can do at this point. That's exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. So, Monica, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family, and we'll go from there. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'm Monica Palumbo. I'm born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I'm married. I have two boys, which I still can't believe I'm a mom. Um, they're five and three. They're in a little summer camp right now, or else you'd probably see them battling it out behind me. Um, so yeah, I work in, in NASCAR. I do like the big, the big screen stuff and get to interview drivers and have a lot of fun with race fans. And I've been involved in NASCAR for 12 years. 12 years. So you look, you look pretty young to have been in a career for that long. So tell me, how, how does one get started in a career like that with NASCAR? Well, for me, um, being born and raised in Charlotte, you know, I'm surrounded by NASCAR my whole life. And my grandfather was a huge Junior Johnson fan. And, you know, back then they listened to the races on the radio every Sunday um, but anyways, you know, so I knew a lot about NASCAR, but personally, I have loved the media and entertainment side of things. I have a theater degree. I've lived in New York City and Los Angeles and pursued acting um, and then realized it was time to come back home after kind of giving it a shot, so to speak. And I got a job um, emceeing for Motorsports Management International, emceeing their mobile marketing display for Bobby Labonte. So I was out in the midway. I was one of those people you see um, on the microphone. Oh. I'm talking every weekend to race fans and handing out free stuff and interviewing the drivers when they would make appearances at our mobile display. And this was when they were between Miss Winston and Miss Sprint Cup roles. And so um, this is when Nextel was, was, had taken over. And this, 
I was approached by someone who said, hey, they're going to start a, a Miss Sprint Cup organization next year. You should um, audition for it. And I'm like, I'm not doing a pageant. I was thinking pageant in my head. I didn't know what the role actually um, consisted of. So I got a little curious and uh, understood it was more of like a, a, a media role, something I was into about you know, doing radio spots, interviewing drivers, getting to travel to the races, much, much more than, than kind of what um, that role used to be as far as, yes, we did stand in victory lane, but we're not going to be kissing drivers and that sort of thing. So um, it got my attention and I went in for an interview and, um, and did that for four years. I was Miss Spring Cup for four years. And then it just kind of, and I've now been in the sport for 12 years. Very, very cool. So it's, it's one of those things that it just was kind of a progression. You started here and then you moved and, and saw that there was opportunities for you to do what you love and still be involved like in NASCAR, because obviously you had grown up around that. And that was kind of probably second nature for you to, to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And then once you just kind of net, um, meet people they this was through um someone had just through networking had mentioned the opening job of miss spring cup so i just kind of network and and made friends and and learned the sport and and now i just i love it so tell us a little bit about what you do now and and why you were at daytona when i was there <laughs> so now um i'm on the the big jumbotron you see at the racetrack so um, I, I'm an at track reporter, um, and I just kind of bring some fun for the fans as far as getting out to the campgrounds and interviewing fans or camp or people who have the best campsites to, um, I'm on the grid interviewing the drivers before the race and, and during driver introductions, um, even going to the grandstands during the race between the stage breaks, hanging out with the race fans and just really having a good time and also just trying to bring out the personality for the drivers, you know, because they get asked all these hard questions every week and, and everybody knows the technicality about the cars, but you know, my job is to kind of have a little fun out there and bring some personality out. Exactly. And that's the part I love the most. So interesting that we're talking about this. We're recording this on Tuesday, a couple days after the first event at Michigan for the IWMA, and um, and so I was on the jumbotron, and and I was thinking, whoa, that's just not a pretty sight up there on the <laughs> jumbotron. And but it was so cool though that we had that opportunity. the The panel of ladies I had, Stacy Fine, which is someone that you and I both know that you've worked with for a long time. And Elizabeth Bristella was on there. She's the tire specialist for Chris Busher's team. And then, of course, our interviewer, uh, Lacey Caroline, uh, was just amazing, young gal, 13 years old. But I, someone took a picture of me when I was on the Jumbotron, and I was like, okay, I no, I got to figure this out better before the next time. <laughs> oh, it's no. one thing to Sometimes see other people. I just people. can't look at myself. No, you just, when you see yourself, it's, it's a little scary at times, but, but what a great opportunity. Well, no, you're on like the biggest screen out there. The biggest screen. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy, but it was also so fun. So hopefully we get to do that again. But um, 
Yeah, so I, I love that when I saw you in Daytona, you were doing the driver in, you know, the driver interviews and stuff, but you were also you came out to the crowd that was all standing there behind the rope, um, waiting for driver introductions, and you were doing some contests with some people, and I happened to be standing right next to the guy, two guys that were in the contest and and I was standing there thinking, oh, I, I bet I know, I bet I know the answers. And, but I don't want to be on the, the screen because what if I don't? I'll make a fool of myself. And I knew every answer <laughs> to the questions you asked. So I felt pretty good about that. That was fun. So how much do you travel? I mean, is it like you go to all 36 cup races or, or do you have other people that do that? Because I didn't see you at Michigan. So you must like take turns doing that. Yes, we do. So I used to travel to majority of the races, but um, now I have two kids and, you know, I'm trying to balance motherhood, wifehood, if that's even a word, and life and work and all that. So I do about 18 races a year, which is just enough uh, for me. I do, I do enjoy the travel, but I do enjoy being home and being a mom as well. Um, so I do about 18 a year, which is, which is a good number for me. Yeah, that's about half. And so that, that seems like that would be good. It wouldn't be every weekend, but yeah, probably a couple times a month. And so, yeah, you got to keep those little boys out of trouble. So you got to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> Even I though that's hard to do. But yeah, there are several of us. So you probably met Daryl last weekend. So yes. Daryl Mott, um, you probably, he used to be on Fox. Um, and there's, there's probably about three of us that kind of rotate um, for the, the big screen stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's good. I mean, what a great job for a mom, I would think, to be able oh, to. awesome. Yeah, to be able to do that some and yet get to stay home with your, your boys and your husband. And so that, that sounds like a great opportunity. So you were you went to school for theater, I heard you say. Do you think that was helped you get the job? I, you know, a lot of times I talk to the women I interview. I like to know, like, what do you think helped you get into NASCAR? So many girls want to be the the next women woman cup driver. But what I always say to them is, but what's your plan B? We know that the chances of that are, you know, slim for anyone to be a cup driver, but you have to have other interests. So your interests were theater, you know, um, what would be the education behind getting into the media and doing something like you do? Yeah, absolutely. Just say do the tons of acting classes, commercial classes, um, improv classes, stand-up comedy classes, camera classes. I mean, I worked my tail off for years just trying to get the training um, because I feel like when you are on camera, you kind of have to have a presence. You have to know how to keep the conversation flowing. Um, and then just from experience, I mean, I, a lot of stuff I would do for free, a lot of acting roles and, and you just kind of have to hit the bottom of the barrel and really start from the bottom. You know, I think a lot of people think, Oh, I'm just going to audition once and I didn't get it. And oh, my life is over. I mean, I still till to this day, get the door slammed in my face. Even now it's just the industry that I'm in. And I know that and recognize that, but I say going in, you have to really 
really want it. And you have to really start from the bottom um, and get some training and get build your resume up. Um, and what's really big and helpful nowadays is I tell a lot of people, get an internship. Mm -hmm. I mean, work for free. Let them see, even though it's, it's really hard to work for free, you've got to support yourself too. So you got to find ways to supplement income if that's working at a restaurant at night, which I did to work for free during the day. Um, but getting an internship really gets you in the door. You can really work on that relationship with that company or whatever you're trying to do with those people. Prove yourself. Um, and that, that, that's very helpful helpful for people. So I keep hearing you say relationship, relationship, networking. Um, you know, I, I also have a send out cards business, which is all about building and maintaining relationships. That's what we use that system for. And I was just at convention the week before, you know, last week and it, and it was all, it's, that's what it's all about. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there, but it's about the personality, the networking, and the relationships that you build. And, and I think a lot of people forget that. Like you said, they think, oh, I'm pretty talented. I'm going to go in and I'm going to knock this out of the park and get this job. And then they don't because there's 10 other women that are just as talented, just as pretty, just as smart. And so you have to set yourselves apart. And I love hearing you say about the relationships and, and the networking because that is so important. Oh, it really is. And my mom always told me the one that squeaks the loudest gets the oil. So, you know, not that you need to annoy executives and email them daily, but maybe if you haven't heard from them in a month or so, send them a reminder email. Hey, you know, nice talking with you a month ago. I'm still here looking for something. If you have anything, keep me in mind. Or you know what goes a long way is a phone call. Yeah. I Actually talking to someone on the phone, which is kind of not used these days. Everyone's into texting and emailing and even communicating over social media. But an actual phone call and hearing the tonality and the personality in your voice um, can go leaps and bounds compared to a text message. Especially if you're going to be in the media business and, you know, you have that kind of voice that sounds good on radio or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So you know, in that respect, a phone call would, would go, you know, a long way. So would a card and brownies, right? That always works. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Brownies never hurt. You can say no to sweets. That's right. So, yeah. So I, I love that part because, um, so many people go for an interview and then they walk away and, and, you know, I think they think that they're going to get the call and you have to be a little persistent. And, and, you know, the fact that you say you started at the bottom, you know, people look at, at gals like you who are successful and have, you know, the dream job and, and they want to start there. And that's not how it works, is it? You have to start, like you said, start as an intern. Yes, you might have to live at your parents' house for a little while till you get that job or something, but, but you're not going to start at the top, are you? No, no, that's, that's really unheard of. And if it does happen, I have seen a few slip through and they out of nowhere get these amazing network jobs. And you're like, wait, you've only been in this sport a year. How did this happen? There are some people that are lucky like that, or they've made the right connection and the right relationship at the right time. Timing mm -hmm. really, really is everything. So, but yeah, it just, I have a lot of people ask me too, 
how can I get in the sport? Or I want to do this, or I want to do that. And I always say an internship or find out what you're passionate about. Do you want to do radio? Because NASCAR has tons of radio. Do you want to be a pit reporter? I mean, there's specific jobs. Do you want to be an in-studio reporter? Do you want to be out with the fans? I have found my niche is I love being out with the people. I love it. Just picking up on the energy of the race fans. Mm -hmm. It's just so much fun hanging out in the grandstands and feeling the cars go by. And with the job I have, I can experience all of that. So I kind of found my niche in that and, and being more personality based. Um, and th this job also allows me to do the sit down interviews at the track, which I absolutely love. It's so much fun. But yeah, so I tell people to find the niche. What do you want to do? Because it's easy to say, well, I want to be in the sport. Okay, well, there's a thousand jobs. Let's start. What are you passionate about? What do you want to do? Exactly. So. Because one thing I tell, tell young girls is, you know, uh, besides driving a car, what do you like to do? Do you like, would you want to be a travel agent? Would you want to be, are you do, a CPA minded person? Are you well, all these different jobs? Because when you start looking at a race team or NASCAR, it's a business. And so you look at any business, those teams and those, you know, NASCAR, they all have those same kinds of jobs. It's just that you also might get to go to the races and you might be involved with that kind of thing, which is also your passion. doesn't mean just because you're not the first woman cup, you know, you're the cup driver that you can't race. You can't, you can still race at your track or whatever and love the racing part of it, but you can also be involved in the sport and make a difference with things. So I, I just encourage girls to get that education and think about what else is your passion. So oh, absolutely. And there's so many other jobs. I mean, you have to think with all the sponsorship, there's hospitality suites. They need people to run hospitality suites, PR girls, um, people to run the fundraising side of things. All these drivers have their foundations. I mean, the jobs are endless. You just have to kind of figure out what you really want to do and what you're passionate about. Because if you're passionate about it, it's really not a job and you'll really enjoy it. Right. And it'll show. It'll, it'll absolutely shine through when, when you talk to someone about, about what you love to do. And it'll be no doubt to the person talking to you that this is really where your heart is. And so that, that's, a big, that's a big deal mm -hmm. too, I think. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a hard question. Is there anything that you really don't like about your job? You know, the only thing that gets tedious is the weather, really. Because you know, it's like some weekends it can rain all weekend, and that's just a bummer. It's just you know, because our job is outside, so um, that's really the only thing. Or like you know, freezing cold days or super hot days um can be like in the grand scheme of things if, if that's the only complaint it's all good and you know there's nothing you can do about it so it's <laughs> yeah. not like it's in our and hands all, to do that but yeah, yeah I, we're all in the same boat everyone that works in nascar we're all in it together so if the weather's bad we're just we're there together so at least you know we're not alone right when uh the michigan race in june I took my son-in-law and my granddaughter, she drives a race car. I took them with me and they had neither one been to a NASCAR race. And of course that's what happened. It rained. And then we couldn't go back the next day. It was the race was the next day at like five o'clock in the evening and we couldn't go back yeah. that day. 
And how, so how frustrating for me because I really wanted them to get the whole experience. So, you know, we went through the garages and we went and got a tour of one of the haulers, but they missed the race part. So at least this last weekend at Michigan, it was beautiful. And they finally yeah. experienced the whole race part of yeah. the weekend. But, it's but yeah. It's heartbreaking, even for us that work in the sport. And we want the race fans to have such a good time. So we, we feel it for you guys. You know, we're fortunate enough. To, we know, okay, in a week or two, we get to experience another race weekend. But, but maybe that's the only race you can make it to that year. And you spent all this money getting there in a hotel or you're camping out and, you know, buying all these things at the racetrack and it rains. I mean, it's such a bummer. And we, yeah. we feel it for you guys. It's just horrible. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and, you know, a lot of times it is the only race that people get to go to. Yeah. You know, it's their what they call local or, or close enough that they can drive to. And, and um, mm -hmm. like this year, there was some, there was quite a few weekends of some really crazy weather. Chicago had some really crazy weather. So um, we had that too in Kalamazoo. I think the first part of the year we were, you know, Mother Nature was winning most of the races. She was raining us out before we could even get yeah. to the it's been beautiful lately, so hopefully the rest of the season is, is great. I know. We'll pray. We'll pray. We'll pray. Well, I can't believe it's, it's you know, the trucks already started their, uh, their playoffs, and um, I just can't believe it's, it's getting so close to the end. It seems like the winter was very long, and I'm waiting for the race season to start, and now it's just been going so fast. But um, so, I say that every year. It's funny. Once we get to Homestead, I'm thinking, wait, we were just at Daytona. And I say that every single year. And then the holidays fly by, and then it's back to square one again. The years have just, they've flown by. They do. They go, they go very quickly. In fact, um, today, which we're recording this on August 16th, um, today is my two-year anniversary of the day I launched the International Women's Motorsports Association. So, exactly. Two years ago today, I put out a Facebook post asking, uh, just said, I'm going to be working on a project involving women in motorsports. If you're interested, tag yourself here. And I had over 100 people tag themselves that day. And by the next night, I had over 200. And it's just grown from there. Wow. And so, yeah, so it's been, um, it just doesn't seem like it's been two years already, but it has. So, Time goes very quickly, for sure. That's great, and congratulations. You know, I always tell people, go ahead and put yourself out there because the time's going to keep moving. It does, and, you know, at the time, I didn't know if maybe I was the only one looking for other women to connect to. You just don't know. And then when I did that and I had such a good response, I thought, okay, this is something that hasn't been done. There's no association. There's no group for women to connect. And um, we, there's a lot of stories out there. There's a lot of great stories about women in motorsports, and I want to tell those stories. And so that's kind of what we've been doing, but it's, it's been so fun. I've met so many amazing people like yourself, and it just, you know, it, it just makes everything worthwhile. The days that I think, oh, this is not going well, and then I meet a new friend, and I think, oh, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. This is what I love. So. Yeah. Yeah, next year, hopefully, we're going to be doing more events at more tracks. So that'll be fun to do that. Maybe we'll get to have you on the That's panel great. for one of our events. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Okay, awesome. So 
Um, Monica, tell me now, what's, do you see yourself, this is what you wanted to do, you're happy here. Is this something that you want to continue to do? Is there something else that you see for your future? Or, or do you love what you're doing so much, this is it? Yeah, it's one of those things I was talking about. It's actually with our friend Stacy Fine that it's been, it's a great season in life for me personally, as far as being able to find that work life balance, because it's really hard to do, especially when kids are involved and the logistics of everything. Um, but it's, it's so funny when I was Miss Sprint Cup, I kept thinking, okay, what's next? I know I want to be a pit reporter. Um, but then I, you know, you get out there and you shadow a pit reporter and it's hard. Like, I don't think people realize they have like three people in their ear. They're, you know, following a scanner. They have a certain part of pit road. They're working. It's a hard job. I mean, you're, you're one person, but your brain is trying to hear three different things and then report on it. Um, but so I was able to actually work for speed and do some race hub stuff. I had a weekly gig with Steve Burns back in the day. And then I worked with Daniel Trotta on race hub and I enjoyed, I really love the in-studio stuff. Um, FS1 took over. A lot of changes happened. Yeah. So, you know, I honestly wouldn't mind going back to the studio stuff, but I'm just enjoying this time right now in my life while my kids are young. Mm -hmm. And plus, I don't know if they want to see an old lady out there on the big screen. And oh, they might be ready for. I know. That's young how I felt when I in. saw myself. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to lose 50 pounds and I look. Oh, old. stop it. <laughs> no, us women are way too rough on ourselves. But I know. I know, know we are. The NASCAR is, is ever changing and it's, there's always a lot of movement, especially at the end of the season. So I always say, I don't, I don't know what next season will hold, but I do love where I am right now. Yeah. And you do such a great job at, of it. That's, you know, um, for my first time at Daytona, my husband and I, and of course that, you know, for me, that's, that was the top of the bucket list of tracks to go to. I want to go to every track. That's my bucket list. And I don't know if you can see that picture right back there, but it's a, it's a picture I actually found at a garage sale in Arizona um, of pictures of all different tracks, matted, framed, super nice. Bought it for $10, cost me $60 to ship it back to Michigan. But oh that's okay. <laughs> I wanted that picture. And so it hangs here in my office as a reminder that that um, every NASCAR track is my bucket list. And I, I'm, knocking, I'm knocking more of them off. Um, but Daytona was such a great experience. Uh, there, I don't think there's anything like it. You've got to go for Speed Week. You've got to go to New Smyrna and some of those other tracks to get, the full, yeah, get the full experience. But, um, you know, my husband and I never left the infield. Well, I did. I went, I was out talking to women, but my husband sat in the infield in front of that great big screen that's there. <laughs> and, um, and he saw me on the screen when you were interviewing the men. And I said, did you take my picture? I was on the big screen or on the, and he's like, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm probably never going to be on there again. And then here I was on in Michigan. So that I was, love it. but, um, just, you know, the atmosphere and things at Daytona, I mean, every track has its own personality, I think, but there's, there's nothing like Daytona, I don't think, you know, I, I, agree. Love, I love being there and being able to meet some of the people that, that I did. 
So what are, where are you going to be the rest of the year? Do you know what, what races you're going to be at? Yeah. So I'll be in Darlington for throwback weekend. I'll be at Richmond. I'll be at the Roval in Charlotte. And I was supposed to go to Homestead, but my birth, not my birthday, my husband, this is going to tell you how old I'm not there yet, but my husband is turning 40 this year. So his birthday lands every year on Homestead weekend and I miss his birthday every year. But this year, since it's such a big birthday, I'm going to miss Homestead and celebrate with him. Okay. So you won't be in Phoenix. I'll be in Phoenix too. Yes. I forgot about that one. Okay. I know I'm going to be in Phoenix because that's where my daughters live. So I for sure will see you in Phoenix. Um, would love to have an event there. That would be awesome if we could do that. And yeah, then they have the new infield there, which is amazing. It's that, so awesome. That infield, there's a lot of tracks that could take a lesson from that. I agree. It is. Um, it's one of my favorites. They just redid it. It's awesome. Yeah, I was telling someone over the week because uh, honestly, Michigan needs to step it up on the infield part. But I was telling someone about all the little lounge areas and the TVs. And I'm like, you know, I love seeing the race in person. But honestly, even at Daytona, nothing better than that big screen in front of me and the replays, you know. Yeah. And and then if you it's... You can see everything. You can see everything. And so it sounds crazy that you spend the money or whatever to go to the track and then you sit in the infield. But it's a party in the infield. Well, it's great because you have the little restaurants there, the lounge area, the bathrooms. You can play cornhole or whatever, but you can still see the cars on the track. Right. And you can still feel it going around. So you still feel like you're at the racetrack. You just kind of have the luxury of all these other things around. Right. And you, the, to me, it's the, the feel because you can kind of feel it in your body. And it's the roar and the sounds and the smells. All that adds together for the experience. Yes. And I can watch the race on the big screen. I'm quite happy doing that. Yeah, and, and the garage there. You can just walk through the garage in Phoenix. It's unreal. Right. And there's a lot of shade. You know, they've, mm -hmm. they've done it right. And so, yeah, I love they Phoenix. Have. I for sure will see you in Phoenix, if not before. I'm really hoping to come to the Roval. That's... Um, that's my friend Lacey and her mom Lindsay that were part of our event. They live in Charlotte, have invited us to come. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at the Roval, so I'll probably see you there as well. But awesome. Um, well, let me know. I will. I will for sure. So excited to be able to talk with you today, Monica. Is there anything that I have not asked you about that you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I just, you know, I've got to say I'm so thankful for you. It's race fans like you that really have heart and really take the time to, to you know, you reached out and even left a special gift when you reached out to me. And it's just so sweet and so thoughtful. And it's just people like you that I'm like, oh, I just love the sport and I love the people in it. It's amazing. I, I do too. I, I feel like I've gained more family members, you know, I call them my race family, but um, there's no, no better sport family than a race family. My kids all play basketball and baseball and volleyball and all that, you know, and that's all great, but it's not the same as a race family. It's just different. And if, if people aren't involved, they don't understand the difference. 
I agree. I do have one thing I want to say real quickly, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. I want to tell people that maybe used to go to the racetrack that don't go back now, maybe because they're thinking it's so overpriced or they, you know, they can't afford it. There are ways to get in that are reasonably priced. If people will just do the research, you know, it's not, a lot of times the tracks aren't going to promote that $10 ticket. But if you really look and search, kids normally get in free certain days, like 12 and under or 13 and under. They normally have um, some cheap tickets available. But even if it's for pole night or a truck race or something, just get to the racetrack. It, there's no other better feeling than being at the racetrack. I know TV is great and you're in the luxury of your home, but if you're worried about price, just do some research online and you'll you can find some ways to make it work oh absolutely because I know uh, truck and Xfinity both I think kids get in free and even at Michigan they had some really reasonably priced tickets and you know yeah. the higher up you sit the higher the price usually because in but those lower seats are great seats as well and oh they're great just the experience I on the way home from uh, Michigan on Sunday night I was listening to Sirius radio and Claire B. Lang was uh, taking calls, and this guy called in from Michigan. He was traveling back to his home with his three little boys. They were 11, 9, and 5. And he had taken them to the track to the race on Sunday. And he, he was telling of his experience with his boys and how he will never forget that because it was their first time at the race and how excited his boys were about the different things that went on that – you know, after you've been to the track a few times, you know, the flyover, it still gets you, but you're expecting. Oh, yeah. And all those things and the fireworks, and yet his little boys were just in awe of everything. And I was thinking, we need more people to have that experience where they're in awe oh, of, yeah. of what it's like. Because if you've not been to a race in person, you don't understand. You have to go to at least one. You know, just like watching football on TV, um, it's great. I like watching football on TV, but it's not the same as being there. And so it's all about the atmosphere. And, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I appreciate that you encourage people yeah. to come. And the, the energy that's there. We finally took our boys there, even though they're on the younger side, to a Charlotte Xfinity race because that's a local track for us. And even, you know, me who work in the sport, we still have to pay for our own tickets too. Um, but we took them there and they still talk. I watch Race Hub every night and they still are screaming for their favorite drivers, which I don't know if I should say or not, but, you know, the boys love the M&M car. So, <laughs> so, but just taking them to the racetrack to see what mommy does and to actually see the cars go around the track, they have just now, they're obsessed with NASCAR now. So. So you know, you know the M and M's car happens to be my favorite car too. I so. do. I saw your lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to have to get one that just says NASCAR and be a little <laughs> less obvious about that when I'm no, doing. No, it's okay. You're a race fan. You're supposed to have a favorite driver. Yeah, I do. And you know, it's funny. Um, as a race fan, and it's a funny story how I became his fan. Uh, I'll have to tell you that some other time. But, you know, you kind of have your favorites and then, you know, let's say one, one other driver wrecks him or whatever. But then when you start getting involved, like, you know, I met some of the drivers over the weekend in person and I started following 
a few more of them a little more closely. And I'm really starting to like some of the ones that I thought I didn't like. And so it's kind of funny? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting that, you know, they're all people too. And they all, yeah. they all have, and, and they're just because they might drive a little aggressive or maybe they rein your guy in the wall. They're still pretty good, pretty good people. And it's good to they get to know are. They yeah. really are good guys. I mean, you have to think that's their livelihood on the line. So, of course, they're passionate about it. You know, it's just, yeah. it's the name of the game. And I think if you see a driver coming off of a wreck and he says, oh, everything's okay. We'll go get them next week. And you're like, wait, what? No, you should, you're a human being. You should be mad. Right, right. So. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. So, well, Monica, I've really enjoyed talking to you. We didn't Me have a too. chance to really chat very much in Daytona, but I'm glad that we connected and, and that now we've had a chance to talk. And so now we're friends and we'll see each other at the racetrack and, and that'll be great. I can't wait to hopefully see you in Charlotte for sure. And, and for Phoenix. So well, two times if you yeah. need anything, let me know. You're just the sweetest. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you choosing me to be on your podcast. So oh, thank you I, so much. No, thank you. And um, and we will definitely see each other soon. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.